You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's the JT The Brick Show. And now Jacoby Myers spinning around. He throws it to Chandler Jones in midfield. Intercepted. Chandler Jones racing towards the end zone. Intercepted. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Now he leans towards the line, gets the snap. Raiders bring a blitz. He takes up off the middle, and he's wrapped up from behind. Guess who? Max Crosby with the sack as he races over to the far sideline. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Open Adams at the 35, racing to the 20, 10, touchdown And now, here's J.D. the Brick. Out of the gate, J.T. with you. Day one, first day of school, literally. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, and that great Raiders mobile app. As we are rolling, we start off our coverage today with more of the partners that we dreamed of, the most partners I've ever had in the history of this show. Fifteen of them will be... Treated like gold for giving us a radio show and an opportunity here today. We're led by PTs. They fuel the monologue. As you know, two happy hours, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Go to their social media. Vote for them for the best happy hour, all the categories that they're in. want to thank everybody over at Golden Entertainment for another year. Every year I've been here long before Raiders Radio. PTs was fueling my local show, all the shows that I've been doing here in town. We thank everyone at Golden Entertainment, and thanks for kicking off the monologue. As we get going, I spent all morning over at the Raider facility. We just did a Raiders roundtable in preparation for week one at the Denver Broncos. I have a lot to save this week. It's a short week because of Labor Day yesterday, and we have a couple of days here on the radio before we jump into the game on Sunday. The news that everybody wants to talk about is Chandler Jones allegedly slamming the Raiders on social media before posts were deleted. I was in the building all day. It's an off day. There is no comment. There is none. I looked for the comment. I asked for the comment. There is no comment as of now on what's going on with the Chandler Jones situation, which means nobody has any idea on the record of what's happening now. And we'll wait for the Raiders to let us know or Chandler Jones to get back on social media and anything that's going to happen here. So as Vic Tafer tweeted out, people aren't exactly returning calls or texts right now. It's an off day. This is the week of the Denver Bronco game. And in a series of deleted posts, this comes from Pro Football Talk. On an Instagram story, Jones shared some screenshots of text messages that appeared to be addressed To the team, we don't know if he sent those out, if he deleted them, what the conversation was like. It looks to be these posts a little bit erratic on what he could be saying or not. I don't know if everything's kumbaya or not. Nobody knows. When we find out, we will let you know. Obvious. If any of the national media members find out ahead of time, we will let you know on the flagship station here. Chandler Jones you know, is reportedly one of the leaders on this team. A guy who's got a lot to play for. A guy who was brought in to really have an impact on this team and a very important impact as we get to see three really good edge rushers in Tyree Wilson, Chandler Jones, and obviously the great Max Crosby. So this is important to me. I don't know what he did or not. Again, uh, my son told me this this morning when I woke up. I was looking around. There, These posts are now deleted. 
Uh, but clearly, either he said something that he regrets, doesn't regret, or will back it up or not when he speaks again. So I do not want this to derail the show because there's no need to comment on this until we have something to comment on. I want to get into the Denver Broncos and this matchup, which is an unbelievable matchup. But I understand there's a lot of Raider fans saying, what? What's going on? What do you, this is the day I've been waiting for. Why are the Raiders all over social media today on other platforms like ESPN and Fox? And what is happening here? As far as Ian Rappaport goes, uh, some of the bigger names that we follow here on this show, which would be Adam Schefter, they really don't have much. Not much at all. No post at all from a couple of these guys, so they're not going with anything. And we have one of the best. Uh, Paul Gutierrez joining us at the top of the hour. Paul starts off our coverage here with the best insiders in all of Raider Nation on this show. All locked in, ready to go. Jeff Sherman's going to join us from the Westgate as we take a look at the moving line on this game and a couple of the lines that interest me week one coming off college football on top of that. Here's what I'd like to see happen this year. I'd like to get my ass in this seat long before noon, and have six or seven people ready to go on hold, tweeting, and match my energy. That's what I'd like. I can tell you in all my years of doing this, all my years of doing this, this is year 25. That's a big one for me. Yesterday was my 24-year wedding anniversary. Unbelievable. Unbelievable for me. Thank you. uh, Golf claps. And this is my 25th year on the Raiders. And... I want people to match my energy. That's all I give a crap about. I have an energy level that is elite. I am not the elite Raider guy. I don't know more than you. I never claimed to. But I've never showed up behind a microphone not ready to go with more energy than you or everybody out there. I have a level of excellence when it comes to my ability to try to fire people up and bring people together. And I want to see that happen again in the fourth year of this flagship station. I've worked on flagship stations before that were bigger than this. I've worked on flagship stations as a syndicated host on other stations in Dallas, in Detroit, in Miami, on syndicated stations that had an NFL flagship that were up and running long before this station was dreamed about. All I ask you is one thing. I don't ask for anything. I don't ask for your money. I'm not asking for anything. All I'm asking for is for you every day I'm on the radio, if you're a Raider fan, to bring your A game and sound off like you got a pair. That's all I'll ever ask. Come to some of my remotes. Come to the torch and see me. Let me meet you. Let me buy you beer. That's all I'm ever going to ask you. I'm going to ask you to show up. And today's the first day of school. And we haven't been ready for the first day of school. Summer, I did this summertime radio trying to come up with, you know, the all-time great Raiders team. Bobby did most of the work. I thought it was really good programming. Today is day one. We have Denver in front of us. We, the season ticket holders of the Raiders. I remind people, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm invested with this team. This is my passion in life, is to put Raider fans in a good position. And now it's day one today. So bring it. And don't stop. And don't let up. And look, not everybody can call. I know that. I don't need any calls. I need zero. I want good calls. I want good tweets. I want people communicating. And I want a level of intensity that I deserve. I deserve this level of intensity right back at me from the great fans of the Raider Nation, the most notorious fans in all of football. And if I'm not doing it, no one's going to bring the energy like me. So I think I say this to everyone throughout Raider Nation. You have been battered and bruised. You've been kicked in the dirt. 
You've been yelled at by other fan bases. And this time, again, I think it might have happened one other time. I don't have the exact year. But I can't recall a time where there's been this much disrespect throughout the Raider Nation with this franchise. A franchise that's doing a lot of great things. A lot of great things off the field. Everything from their charity work to their revenue to breaking in a new market to expanding their fan base. Everything that they're doing. Of course they want to win. They want to win every play of every game and go undefeated. But Raider fans, you've got to fend for yourself, man. You got to start fending for yourself around this league with the crap that I'm seeing around this league. And the fact there are people who actually think this is a three or four win team. There's actually really reputable people who don't think this team is going to show up and compete and win games. I can name every player on this roster, the players I know well, the players that I talk to, correspond with. They're pissed off. That's really my week one broadcast this whole week. My week one, I don't know who's going to win the game. I'm not here to predict the winner. I can just tell you this, that everybody who gets off that plane in Denver is going to be really pissed off this week about the lack of respect they're getting around the globe. And the only people that can can lift up this is Raider fans. Because, again, there is Raider fans even pulling the Raider nation down. There are good Raider fans who are so pessimistic that, look, I, I can't tell you what to think. I can't tell you. You pay your money for tickets like I do. But I think what you'd like to do week one, week two, week three is help this team get off to a good start. Know what's good with this team, what they're doing that's right. And if you really have something that irks you and you're upset against and you don't like, feel comfortable to call me. Feel free to call me so we can debate it on the air and have a, you know, a good conversation about what you don't like. But, again, I'm pissed off. I really am. I had a great preseason. Got a chance to call a couple of games for Jason Horowitz. Traveled with the team. Went to joint practices. Did it all. And I'm the type of guy, when I look up at TV and I listen to other shows and people that aren't aware of this product and they're just going for low-hanging fruit, like this Chandler Jones thing. This Chandler Jones thing, if there's something there or not, people are going to use this as negative energy against the Raiders when we don't need that. We got Josh Jacobs back in the building. Jimmy G's first game. Max Crosby. Marcus Epps. You know, you got great players who are on this team that want to win. The best kicker and punter in the league, arguably. And a team that has won the last six in a row against Denver. I repeat, six in a row. As we did Raiders roundtable today. How's this for a nugget to start off the year? Josh Jacobs all-time is 7-0 and against the Denver Broncos. 7-0, and Josh Jacobs, with this team. Last year, he led the NFL in rushing yards, 1,653. Last season, became the third Raider to win a rushing title, Marcus Allen and Clem Daniels. Since 2019, ranks fifth in rushing yards. But then we get to Denver and what he's been able to do against the Denver Broncos. He averages 103 yards a game, 4.7, nine total touchdowns. Last season versus Denver, 126.5 a game. He averaged 4.9 a carry. He's 7-0 against the Broncos. I mean, he is a nightmare. Listen to Sean Payton as we kick off the show. It's his first game ever as a head coach of the Denver Broncos. You think he's concerned about Josh Jacobs? But we wouldn't tailor our plan, expect, I mean, the, our, our plan defensively is, you know, here are the key players. He certainly is, you know, one of the more dominant running backs in the NFL. So that, that's how we'll approach the game. All right. That's how they're going to approach it. 
Look, the best running back in football last year missed all the camp, missed all the preseason. I don't know what his workload's going to be. There are people that are going to prop bet that. I don't know if he's going to get 16 touches, 20. But here's the theme of the week here. I already opened up the show, which I think everybody should be optimistic but kind of pissed off about the lack of respect. And my whole observation this week, I'm going to give it to you right now. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Josh Jacobs bleeping owns this franchise in Denver. Owns it. Devontae Adams is a Raider. Owns the Denver Broncos. Devontae and Josh. Josh and Devontae. Josh and Devontae and Jimmy. Whatever you want to do. It's not broke. Two coaches have been fired, including a very good defensive coach in Vic Fangio, because they could not stop the Raiders in the last six games. You don't got to go into a lab and fix anything. Nothing. It's all right there. We've been kicking them in the dirt for the last three years. Josh Jacobs has never lost to Denver. He's 7-0. It ain't broke. Don't fix it. Pound the ball with Josh. Get the ball to Devontae. That's it. That's all I got for the week. Some weeks I tell you different things. Hey, how many times have I said on this show, misdirections coming from Kelsey, who, by the way, is hurt. That's the breaking news today. How many times have we previewed Kansas City and I sat here and said, oh, my God, here it comes, misdirection. They're going to start a play this way. It's going to go the other way. Some guy's going to be wide open. I'm like a broken record, but I don't have to do that this week. So this week, what I'm going to do all my prep for, Raiders Roundtable, my coach interview, everything is, you got the formula. It's right there. Why would you tinker with the formula when Josh Jacobs is 7-0 and against this team? Now, the pushback would be obvious. Well, JT hasn't played, so he's not, he's not going to get that many touches. Amir White's going to have to help out. Fair point. And then the other thing to say is they got a new staff, a new head coach in Sean Payton. He knows that Josh Jacobs got the last two coaches fired, so he's going to probably stuff the box, try to take Josh Jacobs out of the game, and then we can expand on the game plan as we get going this week. But what we're trying to do this week is beat Denver. And we need to match Denver's energy because Denver has got a lot of false narratives from the national media. Every year they're picked to win 11 games, not nine. Every year we've been kicking their head in the dirt and every same guy on the media is going, I got Denver winning the AFC. I got Denver winning 11 games. I got Denver over 10 and a half. Every year. And who's been the guy sitting here saying, hey, everybody, listen to me. They're wrong every year. So they might be right this year. This might be the year that Sean Payton comes in and fixes it. But it's week one. So let's go. Let's go. I got great analysis and guests all week. I think we're going to nail it. And then they got to go out and beat Denver. Now you got this Chandler Jones thing out there. We'll see how that plays. Will that be a distraction or not? As of now, there's nothing to add on that. But overall... I think the speculation going in as the Raiders are a a three-and-a-half point to four-point underdog is that the narrative is the Raiders won't be competitive this year. I disagree with that. If I'm wrong, you know what to find me. I can't take four months vacation if they don't get off to a good start. I can't hide. I never have. I'm going to be here for every caller, every tweet, every interview starting today. So let's get that from you and start the show and get ready on an NFL flagship station to kick the Broncos' ass. Let's act like a big boy radio. Dave Ziegler sees me in the hallway, says big boy radio. He loves that. 
Let's act like an NFL flagship with the best notorious fans in sports who are sick and tired of being disrespected and just give me two hours of your best. Give me two hours. I'm going to give you more than two hours. Come on in and fly off the handle and let's win now seven in a row against the Denver Broncos because they want the Raiders. They're excited about playing us because they think they're going to win and start off 1-0. And maybe they will. I think the Raiders should be the favorite in this game, or it should be even. I think the Raiders had a better camp. I think I know they did. I know they had a better preseason, and I know they're healthier. So now they got to put together a plan that's going to work as we open up the show. All right, Raider Greg will start us off on the Raider flagship. Thanks for calling, Greg. Start us off this year. What do you got? JT, thank you for calling my call, man. What a great monologue. I want to say, first of all, I'm fired up, baby, and I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off how they disrespecting us, talking about the three or four games, five games, talking about Denver, Denver to beat us. My three-year-old daughter wasn't even alive the last time these guys beat us. And you talked about Josh Jacobs. Max Crosby has 11 and a half sacks in the seven games that he's played against Denver. That's almost two sacks a game. You can't block Max. They got rookies everywhere. The media's over here writing us off like they do every year. But it doesn't add up. We've got the players. I'm pissed off. They need to bottle this up. We need to go out here and punch them in the mouth like we always do. And like you said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Josh Jacobs is the donkey destroyer. Give it to Josh Jacobs and feed eight. And defense, go over there and take that ball away. Get it to Jimmy. Let's be efficient in the red zone, and let's win this game. That's all i got to say, JT. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Greg. Thanks for starting us off. Exactly what I'm looking for. In regards to what we have to see with Jimmy Garoppolo, this is probably the best offensive weapons he said he's ever had because of Devontae and Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing. Michael Mayer will be in a tight end. Uh, They have a couple of good tight ends that can catch the ball. Jacoby Myers, uh, Trey when you look at the players that they have here, I'm looking at the depth right here in front of me. They're pretty good. They're really good. Wilkerson can catch the ball over the middle. He's a good possession guy. I think the offense, uh, Hunter Renfro is back. Hunter looks to be hopefully great this year. With all of this happening, there's no excuses. And I apologize for not putting that in the monologue. We're still in the monologue. There's no excuses. These are all grown-ass men. The coaches and the players, they all have to play to win. Okay, we're not building towards the future. Now, now we're winning games. We all agree? I know Dave Ziegler well. He is doing everything he can to set up this organization, short-term and long-term. Just hosted what well, was a really fun time with both the coach and Dave, the state of the team. It was on everywhere. I hope you saw that. Proud of the way that came out. And they're in good moods, and they want to win, and they're looking big picture long-term, but it's now go time. It's now this is where the head coach, Josh McDaniels, has to use his elite elite play calling in history to take apart other teams with the quarterback that he wanted here. He didn't want the other quarterback at the end. They moved on from him. Has the right to do that. Now he's got a guy in place who can do unique things, I think, in Jimmy G in regards to looking off coverage, uh, being better in the red zone, hopefully. Won 40 games in his career in four playoff games. Jimmy G is a proven commodity. But they got to win. And it's time to go. This is not going to be a team looking for a draft pick. This is not a team looking to lose games because they want a better draft pick. That is not this team. This team wants to win every game they're playing. 
702-365-9200 is the number. 702-365-9200. Paul Gutierrez joining us at 105. Also, we'll go look at the moving line here. There's a couple of games week one where I think the spreads are off. We're going to do a big job for you this year on that. Let's get out to Mailman Raider who's listening on the flagship. Thanks for waiting. He is gone as we open up the show here and get going. So uh, no, nothing new as this show opens on Chandler Jones. And uh, Mike Florio reporting Chandler Jones on social media has deleted the post. Deleting the post may suggest efforts are underway to mend any bruised feelings about what Chandler Jones might have said or didn't say about the Raiders. And we're going to find out more about that when there's media availability coming forward here. I mentioned all of our new proud partners. I want to thank everybody, especially the DeCastaverde Law Group, back for us this year, 702-222-9999. If you get into an accident, call the best. Uh, Alex and Orlando DeCastaverde have been doing this a long time. Their fathers had a tremendous legacy here in town. Uh, They are season ticket holders. And those are individuals who really want to fight for you, the DeCastaverde Law Group. See, i got to get all these partners into only a two-hour show, so I wanted to get them in also. And Chris Mortensen announces retirement today from ESPN, someone that I've interviewed a number of times throughout my career. All right, let's go. Hold on, Danny. Let's Bobby's off today. Let's go to Raider Man to set the tone. Raider Man, uh, clean this up for me in the monologue, what you're thinking. Go ahead. Oh, you already know what it is with me, JT. And this has got to be a day of vitriol. And this used to be a real rivalry. And I'm loving that we're on the right end of the side of the fence with this thing because we've been kicking their ass for the last few years. But we're not going to sit back on no laurels, man. I mean, you got to start from the top, from tomorrow, from the very, very, very top. You know what I'm saying? Mark Davis got to be pissed off because his daddy had problems with Denver. We ain't going to just gonna leave that right there. We got problems because Josh McDaniels got a vendetta because he got something to prove about with uh, go over there with Denver. This dude's been ostracized over the last, I don't know, let's call it six years or whatnot. It took me for a while to warm up to Josh, but that's my coach right now. And we're going in this bad boy, guns blazing, hair on fire, about go ready to go kick the wolf man in the nars, man. I'm talking about Jimmy G. You know, I don't even like calling him Jimmy G. I'm calling him Mr. Garoppolo, man, because we're coming downtown, and we're about to come smash these dudes. You got this uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going up against Russell Wilson, and they're putting both of these guys as almost like past their prime and on their way downtown and, and in the sunset of their careers, I'm I'm looking for Jimmy Garoppolo to come out there and set a tempo that's going to set the Raiders on a brand new trajectory. Not only just to be a mentor for Aiden O'Connell, but to be the quarterback that he was truly called to be. That dude is supposed to be a number one. Here's his opportunity, and I'm hoping that he give an opportunity for everybody on this team to step up and show the caliber that they are. You know where I'm going with this, JT? You want me to set this thing off? Well, I tell you why I do it. Because we've been battered and bruised, and we've moved and come back. But our colors don't change. We're silver and black. And this commitment to excellence starts up every year. And no powers on earth will drown out this year. So I pledge allegiance to the flag of our mighty silver and black. And unto these colors for which we stand. Raider Nation under a groove with free speech and liberty. Remember the tools. He who has ears, let him hear. I hereby declare... I am a 
Raiders fan. For all my folks traveling to Denver, safe travels, man. I love y'all. Get there, get back safe, but go out there and give them hell. Let them know that that's our stadium, and we own them for the longest time, JT. It's time for the ass to pay some rent. I'm going to see what I'm looking at you, brother, man. Take care, Raider, man. Good to hear from you. We go back as long as anybody here in the Raider Nation as we open it up. 702-365-9200 as we get rolling here. Uh, that's what we're doing today. Today we're, we're starting the preview of the Broncos. I have the voice of the Broncos, Dave Logan, later in the week. Brandon Cristal, their reporter from KOA, uh, tomorrow, I believe. And then we're just going to go balls out on beating Denver. And with the best fans out there, and I'm, I'm ready. This is a very important game. They're all important. The Raiders have to jump out and start the season and quiet the noise. Quiet the noise in the background. And a lot of the noise is not coming from Vegas, L.A., or Oakland. It's coming from Bristol. It's coming from, you know, NFL Network. It's coming from other, and some are friends. Some are friends who just don't believe. And I believe. I believe every year at this time that the Raiders have an opportunity to win every game. Every game they play. Of course they're not. Some games are going to be a lot tougher than others. But I sit behind this microphone and I give you my word. If there's an opportunity to give you anything else, anything extra, you'll find it here. And if we got to talk about the hard truth, you'll find it here. And then we'll add in everything else that we do. My conversation with the head coach every Thursday, Raiders Roundtable every Tuesday. I'll be anchoring uh, the Raiders press conference live every Monday on Fox 5. And then I'll be anchoring the pre- and post-game shows on game day, which is a long day because after the games are over, I'm on Mad Dog Sports Radio Sunday, 8 to 11 p.m. So Sundays start at the torch, and they don't end until I shut down the box at 11, 2 a.m. Eastern. So I'm committed. I've never been more fired up to sit in this seat. I'm excited about being here. Let's come back. Also, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders, Paul Gutierrez, and Jeff Sherman. When we bring these gambling guys on or gals, we just want to give you a bet or two. If you like a game week one, doesn't have to be the Raider game. If you got a bet week one that you're banking on, let us know about it. We want to know about that. We want to hear from you how to make money gambling, especially in Vegas. We just had the final gun, and the Rebels have reason to celebrate. Gatorade, Bath, head coach Barry Odom, 44-14 the final. The Rebels are 1-0 in the 2023 season, and they defeat handily the visiting Bryant Bulldogs out of Rhode Island. Once again, the final score, UNLV 44 and Bryant 14. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by the Botanist Gin, the number one fastest growing brand. Step up your cocktail game with the Botanist Gin. Hey, Botanist Gin is part of our Remy Martin team. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. And man, do we have a lot going on with Remy Martin. Oh, Remy Martin's going to keep us busy here with all their activations. The football season kicks off this Thursday at Proper Eats Bar at Aria. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Come watch Detroit take on Kansas City. Enjoy the amazing food selections at Proper Eats Food Hall. And sip on their special Tropic Thunder cocktail featuring Mount Gay Rum. Proper Eats Food Hall is a collection of highly sought-after imports and only in Las Vegas destinations. That's Thursday night, Detroit, Kansas City at Proper Eats Bar at Aria. Sponsored by Remy Martin, the official cognac of the JT The Brick Show. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. So you just heard UNLV football won. Thrilled by that. 
great for the Rebels and Coach Odom. I said this about all the other coaches before. I pull for all of them. I want UNLV to win every game. Uh, that was an easy game. Okay, The level of competition gets higher for them. But I love the message coming out from Fatita Field, the complex, all the way to Allegiant Stadium and their players. My son's 22. He knows a lot of the players in town. And we've talked to them. And I'm excited for him. I want to see him do well. I pulled for Bishop Gorman, the local home team here that my kids went to school. I'm thrilled for UNLV off to a good start. This is bowl year eligibility. They got to be better. They got to have a couple of upset wins. I'll go through college football. Jeff Sherman's going to join us here in a little bit. Duke won last night. That was interesting to see. They beat Dabo and Clemson. Wow. Great win for Duke. They were 0-13 against top 25 teams and home openers. They broke that curse. Deion Sanders. Deion, primetime. Coach Prime comes through in a big win as Colorado opens up the season with a victory. And then a lot of these other schools played garbage. They just played teams that wanted a paycheck. I don't like those type of games. I don't talk about them much. If you're going to play a nobody in a cupcake, you just get those on your schedule to pay the other team. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that week one. So college football, an important topic here on the show as we continue on. 702-365-9200. A couple of other keys to the game. I mentioned Josh Jacobs. Max Crosby last season dominated Denver. Four sacks, six tackles for losses, five quarterback hits, and one forced fumble in two games. So you got the stars. You got Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby have done really well. McGlinchey comes in to play right tackle for Denver because they wanted to clean that up. And another big topic that you'll hear me say constantly this week, I think the entire key to the game, the entire key to the game is Russell Wilson on third down running. You want to get that out? You're going to hear it at nauseam this week and on the pregame show. The only chance I believe that Denver could win the game is two reasons. The Raiders turn it over because they have a good ball hawks in their secondary. they got a good secondary. So the Raiders turn it over, which I hope they don't. And Russell Wilson runs for first downs, which means nobody's open. Raiders defense has a pass rush. Russell Wilson sees a hole, takes off for 11 yards. I think he could do that a lot. I really do. The Raiders have to prove that Divine Diablo and Robert Spillane, one of them can spy Russell Wilson and slow him down. Because if not, he's going to run. He's a great runner, and he lost the weight. He's fit again. And I think in a game like this where he doesn't have Jerry Judy and that offense is an elite, he's going to take it on his own to try to win that game with his legs. And that's the only way I see them winning the game. I think the Raiders are the better team. Raider O joins us here on the flagship. What's happening? Hey, what's up, JT? Listen, uh, when I first started listening to you way back when and 2000 or 99, whenever it was, the first thing that struck me was, hey, here's a guy from New York that calls things as he sees it. There's no bias. There's no looking at it from an anti-Raider or East Coast kind of lens. You called it like you saw it, right? I am not surprised at all that typically we're seeing negative stories get pumped up by some of those big media outlets. Positive stories, even after big wins, hardly any coverage. So, I'm at a point in my life where it kind of rolls off the shoulder. i got to turn the other cheek. I know that what matters is what we're going to do on the field and that it'll make it taste that much sweeter. I'm fired up because I know people are disrespecting what Devontae is going to be able to do. They're not understanding that Josh is still going to be motivated, that on our offensive line and across our defense, I would say as units and as individuals, we have upgraded, Mm -hmm. and I think we could be happy with what we're going to see. 
Our quarterback's disrespected. And we got Max Crosby there. Definitely going to be stoking the fire on the whole team and say, hey, we're ready to go. We're ready to show something. The Super Bowl's in our house. Let's roll. And uh, so I think to Raider fans, I would just say um, any negative stories coming out before we're about to kick off, you know, that's a sad part that we have to deal with. But know that we're going to see some good football on the mm-hmm. field, and we should be pumped up. Yeah, thanks for the call. I agree with you. I think there should be some good football being played. Again, I don't predict wins or losses every week, but I think the Raiders are a disciplined team. I think the Raiders can run a clean game. I think they have the ability to be better with Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, I know they improved their defense. I know that by bringing in Marcus Peters. Jacorian Bennett could be a rookie. I saw this in a couple. One article talked about defensive rookie of the year candidates. This kid's going to be tested a lot at one of the corners. Nate Hobbs. I'm going to say Nate Hobbs' name a lot this year, along with uh, Trayvon Merrick. I think both of those guys have to play better this year. If they do, the Raiders' defense will be significantly better. I just don't know. The only two guys I don't know anything about yet because I haven't seen them play as a Raider. I'm I'm good with Marcus Peters, and I'm pretty good with Marcus Epps because he played in every game for the NFC champ Eagles. Is Spillane, who had the big game against the Raiders, that Franco Harris game where the Raiders lost on Christmas Eve. I think he had 12 tackles and led – Pittsburgh in that game, and I haven't seen him enough. And Divine Diablo. Divine Diablo, to me, is an X-factor this year. He, they can't hide him on the field and hope he makes a few plays. He's got to earn his check and be a dominant player. I don't know if he can be dominant or not. He might just be an average player, and that could be okay. But what is Divine Diablo going to do this year if he's on the field for most of these snaps? It's a name I'm going to be talking about a lot. Cactus Raider is up next on Raider Nation Radio. Go ahead. Hey, what's up, JT? Love the show. Thank um, you. I'm actually also from Long Island. I uh, just moved to Anderson a couple of years ago. Nice. Uh, but um, I woke up this morning fired up for the season, and then this Chandler Jones news mm-hmm. comes out. Um, haven't heard anything. Had no updates yet. There are no think- updates. Hold on. Let me stop. There are no updates. You didn't miss an update. We didn't. Do, we didn't fail at our job. No, there no, are no I'm updates on Chandler Jones. So I know you're. You know everybody's. You know I'm not. I don't mean this. I'm sorry for being aggressive. People are texting me, tweeting me. What's the update with Chandler Jones? There hasn't been an update at all. No, what I'm saying is yeah. that makes me think like it's not a hack. It's really Chandler yeah. Jones upset with, I guess McDaniel's right. That's what he's saying on his Instagram story. Yeah. So uh, I was fired tomorrow's practice. I was fired up, yeah. and now I'm like. If we get off to a slow start, is McDaniels gone? No, I don't think McDaniels is gone. Appreciate the call. I don't think he's gone. I think he's a really good coach, and I think he needs to win games, and I think they're going to win more games this year and get rolling. But, again, when it comes to Chandler Jones, could this be a distraction? Could it be? I don't know. The next update or the first update could be big, and if there's some negative news on Chandler Jones and he's not happy – he wouldn't be the first guy in NFL history not happy, right? They're not going to be the first guy in NFL history that's not happy. But I don't know what he wouldn't be happy about. I mean, he knows the Patriot side of it. He knows these guys. Everything he said. You know, the, the thing that I, I try to explain to my sons, who's 22 and 20, I try to explain social media to them because I'm not, I'm not good at it. Okay, I tweet a lot. A lot of times I know what, I know what the Bob Wyatt fence is with my jobs, my incomes. I tweet a lot about Yankee stuff and stuff that's just fun for me to tweet about. But every time I deleted a tweet, it's because someone told me to take it down. It hasn't happened much. Just something to say that would be out of character for me. Nothing to do with race. 
or domestic issues, nothing like that. Just things that I was kind of nothing boozing. Not not that I haven't been at a concert, fueled up and taken a video or something at a concert, didn't take it down. But if Chandler Jones put something up on social media and didn't get hacked, and it was him and not someone else who, you know, runs his social media, and then he took it down again, there's definitely something to that. Why would you put something up there aggressively and then take it down? I don't know what his mind was like at that moment, nor do you, nor do the Raiders. I was in there for three hours today in the building. It's an off day. No one's running around with their head cut off. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're going to wait to see what happens here. But Chandler's a leader. He's a leader going forward. And if he's not happy about something, it will be addressed. I would guarantee it will be addressed in the next 24 hours. Promise you it will be addressed, either by Chandler or the coach or when they have mandatory media coming up here. Uh, let's get to Dark Side Don joining us on the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, what's going on, JT? How you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Hey, so, you know, I'm going to start off by saying this. You know, anytime that there's a streak with any team other than the Raiders, whenever, whenever that team has a streak, for example, mm. you know, earlier I heard, you know, Pat Mahomes is 27-3 against the AFC West, you know, and, and, or, or this team has won this amount of times against a team and it's going to be hard for that team. You don't hear that about the Raiders win a streak of six. Mm. You know, you, but, but, but as soon as you come out, you hear that, oh, the Broncos have this new coach and they still have a talented team and I'm going to pick the Broncos or the Broncos are a four-point favorite mm. and things of that nature. So it, it, you never hear that about that streak for the Raiders on the Raiders side. So mm. that, that has me bothered, you know, um, and, and, and it's, it, by you, by you coming out with the monologue and you saying, you know, get amped up and get upset. I, I've been upset. I, I remember I called Rich, Rich Eisen show last week mm. and told him the Raiders went go, go 10 and seven. And they told me that was very optimistic. And I'm going to stand on 10 and seven, you know, because I believe, I believe that for some reason that I believe that this team is going to come out and, and handle mm. their business responsibly. And, and, and in saying that, I believe that this is the t- this is the time. You know, be careful what you wish for because the Broncos came out and wished for this game, but this is the game that the defense can actually have a catalyst because they don't know what the offense is going that Denver offense is going to look like. So that means they're going to have to talk. That means they're going to have to gel together. That means they're going to have to come together as a unit, and that could be something that's good for this defense because for the uh, the very first game out the mm-hmm. out the out the shoot coming out the gate, they gotta they gotta come out. Mm-hmm. And, and play fundamental football. They got to come out and they got to and, and look at their keys and play and play responsible defense. That's something that could be a catalyst for this defense going for the rest of the year. That's something that a lot of people are not talking about, and I believe that that's something that that this defense can actually build upon. So be careful what you wish for. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I, I called this game as a win for the Raiders, and I'm going to stand on that. This is going to be a win mm-hmm. for the Raiders, and we're going to go seven and zero. Against this donkey team. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I would like the Raiders to win this game too. I think this is a winnable game for the Raiders. I am not going to predict the Raiders to win at Buffalo. I think they can win at Buffalo. They can, especially if they win at Denver. But there are games on the schedule that I'm very comfortable to say I think the Raiders will win this game. And this is one I'm not super comfortable, but I'm, I think the Raiders are better than Denver. They proved that in the last six games. I think the Raiders got better in the offseason, and Denver's got a lot of question marks. But Sean Payton was paid to come in and stop this streak of six in a row. That's what he is paid to do. And I have a lot of respect for Sean Payton. He wins a lot of games. And he finds games like this to motivate his team to do the right thing and get it done. The Raiders know exactly what's coming at him in this game. 
the energy of the fans in Denver wanting to get off to a great start this year. We're brought to you by the 872 Laborers. Tommy White is back with me for another year. They built the stadium on time, safely, and on budget. They're building all around Las Vegas. 872, proud partners of our show. Thrilled to have them back on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Jeff Sherman from the Westgate. There's three NFL games that look tricky to me. I'll cover it all next. Sanders. Off his back foot, caught, first down, and more down the sideline. Stop and start, Edwards. Touchdown, Colorado. Whoa. Dylan Edwards changing speeds. 46 yards. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Welcome back, everybody. Jeff Sherman, VP of Risk Management over the Westgate, kind enough to join us, especially before week one. He's very busy. Jeff, I'll start with Prime, Coach Prime, in that Colorado game. With all the points they were catching there, tell me what it was like to manage and go through that game, where the money was coming in on, especially the outcome. Yeah, we had a dichotomy on that game. We had the public laying 21 points in that game, but also a lot of money line money show up on Colorado. So, you're paying off at 7-1, to one, and that kind of overwrote everything that we had on the point spread. So uh, basically in all our jurisdictions, we are a loser on that game just because of the 7-1 to one payoff. Uh, do we expect the public to be all over him now that he's won a game and he has his home opener against Nebraska? Uh, no doubt. <laughs> we yeah. opened uh, two and a half on Colorado, which is a large adjustment just because last week we had Nebraska 7.5. 7.5? So yeah, it's about wow. a 10-point adjustment we had there. And they laid the two and a half. We're up to Colorado minus three, and we expect that to continue. All right. We want to start with the Raider game, Denver here. It, it, it opened up at, I believe, three. You have it at three and a half. It's been at high on other books at four here. And do you see that getting to three by the time it kicks off, or is that number going to go in a different direction? Yeah, we opened three and a half. It made it as high as four, like you mentioned. We just recently took some really sharp play plus four. So it's brought it back to three and a half, and it looks like it's going to keep trending that direction towards three. Yeah. So you might see plus three and a half minus money or a, a price on three, but it's definitely going towards three and not back to four. Another game interesting to me, uh, Seattle. Uh, Seattle opens up, I see across consensus, five and a half. I think you have it at five and a half for Seattle with the Rams. No Cooper Cup in this game. Geno, now everybody knows what he did last year. Comeback player of the year was an MVP candidate for most of the year here, total on that game, 46-and-a-half. Yeah, a lot of fluctuation on that game, too. You know, we've been between five and six, and it recently went back up because of Cooper Cup's uh, playing status with him not being uh, available for the game. So um, there was sharp money early on the Rams, but that's kind of subsided because of Cooper Cup. Uh, What's going on with Jacksonville opening up on the road against Indianapolis? I don't know what to expect from Indy. I think they're a train wreck without Jonathan Taylor. I think Richardson's going to make a lot of mistakes, but the line moved now. I see you have it at five. Jacksonville minus five, total 45 in that game. Well, that's just it. You know, we started at three and a half, and now we've climbed up to five, and it's because no Taylor and a rookie quarterback, and usually the Sharps like to fade a rookie in his first outing. So the public is going to be on the Jacksonville side, too, after what they did last year. Very public team this year. 
So when the sharps in public are lining up, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see this keep climbing. Are the sharps in public lining up for the Cowboys opening up at the Giants? That's always that's always a fascinating game to me. Dallas and the Giants, all the times they open up and play each other early, from the early open at two and a half, maybe up to I see here for you three and a half. Uh, 46 and a half on the total here. I know a lot of the public loves Dallas. I love Dallas this year. I'm leaning towards them as my Super Bowl pick. Yeah, all summer we've had the public supporting the Cowboys at three, and then we took some sharp play at minus three, then went up to three and a half, and saw other sharp play take three and a half, but now we're keeping it on the form of three and a half. So it's minus three and a half even on Dallas, plus three and a half, minus 120 on the Giants. And we think that's a better booking range right now. Uh, wrapping it up with Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. I speak so highly of the Westgate. The Bolitnikovs this year are having their big event over at the Westgate. It's a place I send all my buddies. Uh, sharpest book in town. Baltimore, does it go higher than minus 10 for the Ravens here? Everybody seems to think with Lamar Jackson having Odell Beckham Jr. And Houston doesn't even have their offensive line really set for this game. Double-digit favorite at home for the Ravens. Yeah, it quickly went from 9.5 to 10, and it looks like it's going to keep trending that way. So I'd be surprised if it went down. I would expect to see 10.5 show up. Uh, Finally, what we have on Thursday night here, the Kelsey injury that was just announced. As that moved the number a bit here, I think you have uh, Kansas City minus 5 at home against Detroit. Total 53 on this game. What should we keep an eye on here? Because Kansas City, you know, fade the ring ceremony, fade the banner ceremony. This is a different team that usually delivers in this spot, and a lot of people love Detroit and their storyline. Yeah, we saw a large reaction this morning to the Kelsey news, and the whole market was chief six and a half. And as soon as that broke, we adjusted down to six, took some sharp money at plus six, went down to five. The total went from 54 and a half down to 53. So based on the money that showed up after the adjustment happened, mm-hmm. we're expecting Kelsey to probably not play because it was a pretty, pretty uh, mm-hmm. consistent, uh, sharp play on that to get it down to five. Jeff, finally, what's going to be the biggest handle for college football this weekend? Could it be that Colorado game because of the hype of prime, or is there another game we should really keep an eye on? I think you hit it with the Colorado game. I think that is going to be the one that's going to be the highlight of each week until uh, they show something that uh, that takes the public off of them. So uh, we're expecting that to definitely be one of the higher-handled games. Thank you, Jeff. At Golf Odds, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, JT. There he is, uh, Jeff Sherman. Good information. We try to get him. He's the vice president of risk management, so we have him on to talk about the lines. What, what, do, you, what do we see different in the line movement? And the Kansas City injury to Travis Kelsey, as the line went from Kansas City minus seven down to five at the Superbook, to five and a half at the South Point and DraftKings, that's a game to keep an eye on. I also brought up, I know of a sharp player who's playing Jacksonville big. Jacksonville big on the road against Indy. You know, we're talking about a big bet that I'm aware of there. I wanted to ask him about that game and also what we're going to see with the Raiders. He thinks the number, which we got right with him when we had him on a week ago, when it got out to four, said, does that game probably go off at three? He said closer to three. Why is that important? You get three for being at home. This Raider game's a pick game. Denver's getting three because they're home. If the game was in Vegas, it'd probably be the Raiders minus three because they're playing at home. And they've won six in a row. So I don't know why you're not betting the Raiders in this game. And look, you might lose. You might lose. I can't tell you you're going to win every game. I'm not, I'm not an ATM for you. But if I'm going to take a shot, if you're going to take a shot on a Raider money line on the road, I don't know why it's not this one. 
But we'll see how it plays out. All right, hour number one flew by. Hour number two, we have Paul Gutierrez from ESPN right here at the top of the hour, about five after. Then the voice of the Raiders, Jason Horowitz. I told you, man, that's what we do. We put everybody in the grid. The grid started on Tuesday off of Labor Day, and we got the great guest all week long on the flagship as we are brought to you by Grimaldi's. Back for another year. I mean it. Grimaldi's is the best pizza I've ever had. 